This is Central Coast Public Radio KCBX. I'm Benjamin Perper. Paso Robles has successfully transformed itself into a major wine hub over the last few decades, but the future of that status is uncertain. Housing, labor, and environmental issues are threatening the foundations of the industry. In the final story in our series, In the Vines, we'll profile a winemaker who's helping the Paso Robles wine industry move towards sustainability, not just for the vines, but for the community as a whole. This is In the Vines from Central Coast Public Radio, KCBX. Twelve miles west of downtown Paso Robles, there's a hilly vineyard and winery called Tablas Creek. Jason Haas is the owner. We're standing here in the middle of the Grenache section of a vineyard block that we call Scruffy Hill. We planted this relatively late in our, our history. We were there's a panoramic uh, view from Scruffy Hill of the entire Adelaida district, one of the 11 distinct wine grape growing areas in Paso Robles. It's a mountainous area covered in green grapevines, close enough to the coast that you can feel a breeze coming in from the Pacific. We have a mix of Grenache and Syrah and Morvedra and Cunoise over here. So all four of our main red grapes. The Haas family moved to Paso Robles in 1989. Jason's father, Robert, was renowned in the wine industry, not just locally, but internationally, having formed industry connections throughout France. Jason Haas says his father worked with the Perrin winemaking family in France to find land in California suitable for the kinds of grapes grown in the famous Rhone region. We didn't come into this with land in Paso Robles or history in Paso Robles. We came into it with an idea that we wanted to translate the ideas, the kind of the inspiration of the southern Rhone Valley from France into California somewhere. Translating French winemaking traditions to a California vineyard meant foregoing many of the irrigation practices that they saw in most of the state's vineyards. Instead of drip irrigation continuously providing water to the vines, Tablas Creek practices dry farming. Vines are carefully planted and maintained to need irrigation only once, or never, and instead make do with small amounts of rainwater. The Haas family spent years searching for the right climate and soil conditions to be able to do this in California, and settled on the Adelaida district of Paso Robles. I think it was to my dad's surprise as much as anyone else's that Paso was the place that ended up being that best fit, because in 1989 when we started, I don't think Paso was on anybody's list of the next great California wine region. While his family initially began dry farming to get the best quality wine grapes reminiscent of the Rhone Valley, Haas says it's now taken on another meaning. Our initial concern was farming in the right way to maximize the quality and character of the grapes that we grow. I mean, that's still true. But I think we've all become so much more conscious of the likely future impacts of, of climate change. We're convinced that the future is likely to be drier than the past here. Climate change is very much on the minds of winemakers in Paso Robles, an area facing a critically overpumped groundwater basin, mainly by the vineyards. Wells are running dry left and right, and the area now has to overhaul its water use practices to meet the state's legal definition of sustainability. With the, the growth in the number of wineries and the growth of the region, there's more pressure on shared resources like groundwater than there's ever been. Drought and climate change have changed the calculations winemakers in Paso Robles have to make in order to protect their livelihoods. When you plant a grapevine, you, you hope it lives 100 years. Um, so you're not just looking at what is going on now, you're trying to project forwards to ensure that the choices that you make give yourself a chance to maximize the viability of this very long-lived and high-investment kind of crop. 
So Haas decided to double down on the water-conserving practices his father first implemented here. Over the years, the winery secured the certifications of sustainable, organic, and biodynamic, which all refer to farming methods that are better for the environment and society than industrial farming. Haas says they were appreciative and proud of all of those certifications, but that each one was incomplete or vaguely defined in some way. Then in 2017, he was offered the chance to be the first winery in the nation for a new certification, regenerative organic farming. He said yes. And it does things that none of the existing certifications do. And so I think it has the ability to be a game changer. Regenerative organic farming is a process meant to actually restore and contribute to the health of the soil and wider ecosystem. There are three pillars of this kind of farming, soil health, animal welfare, and social fairness. The certifications guidelines say soil health can be improved through a number of practices like composting, no-till farming, creating habitats for pollinators, and foregoing drip irrigation. Animal welfare means livestock are raised on organic land and feed, and that they are treated humanely in herding, handling, and slaughtering. Social fairness is a requirement to pay all workers, including subcontracted and migrant farm workers, living wages and ensure that their health, safety, and rights are protected. It's a proxy for, for what we hope will become the gold standard for great farming, where you can trust that, that a product that has this, this seal on its label is farmed in a way that has positive impacts on its land, on its neighborhood, on its workers, and on its community. But all this is easier said than done. Dry farming alone isn't possible for every grower, even if they have the knowledge to do it. A Cal Poly San Luis Obispo study last year analyzing irrigation practices in Paso Robles vineyards found that water-saving practices like dry farming are not prevalent in the area. It found that the initial cost to this were the biggest barrier, especially among smaller farmers with fewer resources. Farmers also need to know how to use these techniques effectively, which is why the study found farmer-to-farmer -farmer communication to be the most important factor in their adoption. So that's a lot of what we try to do, is we spend a lot of time hosting other vineyard and winery folks, either, either viticulturists or, or owners, and trying to share the story of, of why this is a good thing to try to pursue. Still, we don't know yet if these water-saving practices will really catch on. But Haas says anecdotally, he does think interest is growing. I know of a couple who have actually applied for the regenerative organic certification, but my hope is that that's just the beginning. And of course, Tablas Creek is a for-profit business, like any other winery in Paso Robles, though a relatively small one. It was recently named one of the nine Central Coast wineries to make Wine and Spirits magazine's list of 100 best wineries in the world. So for Haas, there's no reason the social and environmental benefits of regenerative organic farming can't also be a good business decision. The same choices that we feel like are maximizing the, the quality of fruit and the character of the fruit that we're growing are having positive impacts on the, the long-term viability of not just what we're doing, but the viability of the, of the wine community out here. The wine community may be a better term than the wine industry to describe the wide spectrum of people making wine here in Paso Robles. It's the vineyard owners, but also the farm workers, students, home winemakers, even musicians who play at tasting rooms. Rising housing costs, farm labor scarcity, drought, and climate change are casting a shadow on Paso Robles wine. But as we've seen throughout this series, this community is doing their best to rise to the challenge. As Jason Haas says, when you plant a grapevine, you hope it lives 100 years. For Central Coast Public Radio KCBX, I'm Benjamin Perper.
Our theme music is from the album Taste of the Valley by Central Coast musician Jonathan Fiery. This piece was produced with assistance from the Public Media Journalists Association Editor Corps, funded by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, a private corporation funded by the American people. This is In the Vines.